0: Take your Bibles this evening and turn to Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2. Usually, whenever we refer to the birth of Christ, we include Matthew chapter 2. And and I think we do that because it starts out now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, etc., etc., and uh, But the truth is that this actually did not take place in the stable. What we're about to, to, to read took place sometime after, probably not a very long time after. But uh, they were out of the stable, and they were actually in a house. If you look down at verse 11, we're going to read verses 1 through 12 here in just a moment. But in verse 11 it says, And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother. So uh, th- there had been some time that elapsed, but I don't think it's erroneous to throw it in as all part of, of uh, the birth of Christ and the fact that he came to this earth to be the sacrifice for our sins. Matthew chapter 2, let's all stand together if you would. <clears throat> and you read along silently as I read aloud, beginning in verse 1. It says, Now when Jesus was born... And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of of Judah, art not the the least among the princes of Judah. For out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had privily called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. And when we have found him, when ye have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. When they had heard the king, they departed. And lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star... They rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another, another way. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father good to be here in your house with your people on the, the Sunday before Christmas. Lord, uh, help us to learn something tonight and to be reminded of something tonight having to do with the wisdom of the wise men. We're thankful for their example. We're thankful that it was recorded in Scripture so that we could learn from it and it can, it can uh, teach us what kind of a heart and what kind of a, an attitude we need to have. During this Christmas season, we ask, Father, that you would speak to our hearts. Thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much for the Spirit of God that ministers that word to us. We pray, Lord, you'd help each and every one of us to be attentive to it tonight. And we'll be careful to thank you and praise you for what you do in our hearts and for the fact that you are God and you love us the way that you do. In Jesus' name that we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. amen. You may be seated. These men were referred to in Scripture as wise men. And usually we interpret that uh, uh, as as describing their profession, and and rightfully so. They were scholars, and they were scholars who studied the stars. They were astrologers. And uh, possibly they were kings, though the Scripture really doesn't definitively say uh, that they were kings. Possible that they were. They were from the east. Uh, They were from because they were from the east. They were they were from a part of the Orient, uh, and they were Gentiles. These were not Jewish men. These were Gentile men, and uh, and God had uh, when when He brought the Lord Jesus Christ to this earth. There were two groups of people that are, are spoken of that came to worship him. One we looked at this morning, that was the shepherds. Of course, those shepherds were Jewish shepherds. Then the second group, it, which we just read about, were the, were the kings, kings from the east, actually wise men from the east. And uh, those, those wise men were Gentiles. So you see, you see really a, a cross-section of the whole world. you got the Jews and the Gentiles, and God came for both groups of people, not just the Jews alone. He did come first, first to the Jews, but then also to the Greek, also to the Gentiles. The Holy Spirit's d- description of them, the way that the narrative runs, is, is that they're called wise men. And, and look, in verse, uh, look in verse 1. It says, when, Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men. From the east to Jerusalem. Drop down to verse 7. It says that then Herod, when he had privily called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And then look down in verse 16. Verse 16 says, Then then Herod, when he saw that he was mocked of the wise men, was exceeding wroth, and sent forth and slew all the children that were in Bethlehem and in all the coasts thereof, from two years old and under, according to the time which he had diligently required and inquired of the wise men. So you've got four different times, three different verses, where God specifically says they were wise men. Now, why did God call them wise? And again, it could partially be because of the profession they had, but they showed some wisdom in the way that they handled this whole situation and particularly in three areas and we're going to look at those those three areas where the where the wise men truly truly exhibited some real wisdom the first the first place where we see their wisdom exhibited is in the area of their their desires their desires were wise and their desires were right they they sought to worship the king of the Jews if you look down in verse 2 it says saying and this is the wise men speaking says saying where is he that is born king of the jews for we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him they not only they not only desired to see him but they desired to worship him in other words it wasn't just curiosity it wasn't just the fact that they had heard about it and they wanted to see what he looked like where he was no no they they understood who he was, and they had a desire to come and and to worship him. Uh, they they knew that time was of the essence, and uh, they knew that 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 they had to go see him sooner. He would not not continue to be there. And he would you know only be there for a for a short period of time. Isaiah chapter fifty five, and verse six, says this: Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. If they had dragged their feet, if they had waited much longer, Joseph and Mary would have left Bethlehem and they would never have had the opportunity to see the Lord. And so uh, time was of the essence. And God says that we ought to seek the Lord while he can be found. You know, one of the... the, um, Uh, The things I hear, I I hear this a lot, witnessing to people. People people will often say, well, not right now. I just need some time, and this is just not a a convenient time for me. Well, you know, honestly, if if we wait too long, it may no longer be God's timing when he's speaking to our hearts, whether it be about salvation or whether it be about... Things in the Christian life, when God speaks to us, we need to make sure that we respond immediately uh, and, 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 and that, that timing is, is uh, e- extremely important. It's not our timing that's important, it's God's timing. In Acts chapter 24 and verses 24 down through 26, Paul was talking to Felix, and, and uh, Felix was being affected by the testimony of the apostle Paul. And it, it says of Felix, it said, it said that he trembled and answered, Go thy way, for this time when I have a convenient season, I will call for thee. Well, again, this is, this is the idea that, well, I won't do it in your time, Lord, but I'll respond to you in my time. That wasn't the attitude of, of the, the three wise men. Their, their desire was to see God and they immediately went and, and sought him out. Uh, you know, lost people need to understand that when, when, when uh, God starts speaking to their heart, that they need to respond to it. And that's, you know, we need to understand that too. That's why oftentimes, and I, I don't ever pressure people to get saved. I think that's unwise. But I do show forth an urgency to people about getting saved. Uh, there have been many times when I've witnessed to people and they say, well, I I don't want to do it right now. Well, and I let them know say, listen, you could do it tonight. You could do it in an hour. You could do it all by yourself. But understand, the most important decision that you could ever make is to trust Christ as Savior. And if you continue to put it off, you may never do it. And there, there are a myriad of people that I have witnessed to over the years, and I'm sure you have too that have have used that same excuse, but they've put it off, and they never did trust Jesus Christ as their Savior, and they died in a lost condition in their sins. As as saved people, we we need to desire God like these wise men desired God. And make God your primary desire, and that's really what that commandment is all about when God says, Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, and all thy strength. And and to worship God and not just worship him when it's convenient, but worship him as soon as and whenever we have the opportunity to do so. And, and these fellows were, were very vocal about their desire. You know, they, they let not only did they have that desire to find the Lord Jesus and did they have the desire to worship him, but they told other people. You know they they weren't they were not ashamed of their desire they were not a, ashamed of their goal to to find the the Messiah to find the Savior and and they told other people in fact it, look down in verse two and three say, he said saying where is he that is born King of the Jews for we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him now one of the things that we don't know we you know you see in any of the nativity scenes and so forth, it's always three kings. And I believe that we come to that conclusion because there was gold and frankincense and myrrh. Well, the Bible says that they were wise men, but it doesn't say how many. It might have been two, it might have been three. It could have been an entourage. But all I know is this, those men made a stir. They made a stir because if you look down in verse verse 3, it says, When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. Not only was was he troubled, but uh, because that word got out, and they were were very, very vocal about their desire to go and worship the Savior, It, it reached the ears of many people, and many people were troubled by it. So first of all, they had, a, they had a desire, and their desires were wise desires. Make sure that you're very, very careful about the things that you, that you long for. Make sure you're very careful about the things that you desire. And you know what I found? This is, this is for, for parents in particular. Kids pick up on desires. If you have a desire to serve God, if you have a desire to worship God, if you have a desire to put God first your family will pick up on it. If you don't have that desire, your children will pick up on that too. It's, ama- it's always been amazing to me at how perceptive kids can be and, and they can, <laughs> listen, nobody can spot a hypocrite better than, a, than, a, than one of our own children can. And one of the reasons why is because they live behind the same four walls that we live behind. But it's so important for us to, to guard our desires because it affects others. And in this particular case, it affected a king and it affected an entire city uh, because they had the right desires. Their desires were wise. Not only was their, were their desires wise, the second thing is their submission was wise. They were, they were submissive. You know, the truth is, every, everybody, everybody in here is submissive to somebody or something. Uh, if, if you're not submissive to authority, you're submissive to yourself. If uh, you're not submissive to, to God, you're submissive to your peers or to circumstantial pressures. And that's not always necessarily a bad thing. Um, or you're submissive to the world, or or you're just submissive to those things that you want. Uh, We're we're all submissive to something or someone. Oftentimes it's just ourselves. But in this particular case, they were very submissive to God. And you can see the submission that they had to the Lord. And again, these were Gentile guys. These were not men that were brought up in the Jewish faith. These were Gentile men, and, uh, and they showed their submission to God in three ways. Number one, they followed the star. They followed the star. They went they, went from, they came from the east, and they, they went to the, the west. They, they traveled east to west. They, they traveled quite a distance. We don't know exactly how far they traveled, but literally it was it, it, you know, I've read several different presumptions of where they came from, and but, but the conclusion they came to, they, they traveled hundreds and hundreds of miles. Some people say 650, others say 850. Either way, that is a long way to come by means of an animal, whether it be a camel or a horse or a, or a donkey or whatever it was that they rode. Um, of course, of course, we know it. it had to be camels, right? Because that's what we see in the Christmas cards. But anyway, uh, the point—the point the is—is point is that that they they submitted to God and was willing to pay whatever price it, it would it would cost them to be able to obey Him and to, to look for the Savior. Um, every everyone during that time was not going east to west. What they were doing is they were going west. To east, they were uh, they were uh, trying to discover the trade routes, and the trade routes were primarily with uh, with China and Mongolia. Uh, but their their desire took them to Jerusalem, and then eventually it took them to Bethlehem. And uh, look down in verses nine and ten. I find this really interesting. Verse nine. It says, when they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them, till it came and stood over where the the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. Now understand, uh, in verse 9 it says, when they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them. What does that mean? It went ahead of them. So what happened? Well, if it went ahead of them, it got out of their sight. So what did they do? Well, they did not quit. They did not stop. They did not slow down. They just continued in in the way that God had led them. Uh, There's some real wisdom in that. Uh, Until God makes it very, very clear to you to change direction in your life, stay on the path that you're on there's a, a decision that has uh, is, is, uh, come into to my life personally and I've alluded to it in a message or two um, but one of the things that, that I'm, I'm praying about is that in this particular decision is uh, Lord if, if you want me to change direction in this particular area of my life you make that so clear that I can't Possibly miss it. If not, I'm going to assume you just want me to continue on in the direction in that area as I have been going. And, uh, that's, a, and that's, that's really a, a wise move to make. If, if you look at Abraham, you know when Abraham got off the beaten track? It was real early when uh, he was following God and going where God wanted him to go and then a famine hit the land. And as soon as a famine hit the land, he did not hear God say, go to Egypt. He saw that there was food in Egypt, so he diverted off the way that God had had him directed, and he went down to Egypt. Now, here's what I believe. I believe with all my heart that had he just continued on the path that he was was going on, God would have taken care of him. He told him that over there in, in Genesis chapter 12. He would have provided for him. He would have cared for him. But he got off the beaten, beaten path. He put his own life in jeopardy. He put the life of the people in their, in their entourage in jeopardy. He put, put the, uh, the purity of his own wife in jeopardy. And while he was down in Egypt, Lot got a taste for Egypt, and therefore later on wanted to, wanted to go towards Sodom and Gomorrah because it was like the well-watered plains of Egypt. And he picked up a... Uh, They picked up a handmaid while they were down there, and he ended up having a child uh, through that handmaid. I mean, it's just one thing after another. Had he just stayed on the path? And that's what these guys did. They were following the star. The star went ahead of them. They just kept on going. And then if you look down in verse, verse 10, it says, when they saw the star, it came into sight again because they didn't divert from the path. And they rejoiced with exceeding joy. Uh, Follow God even when the light goes out, even when the direction isn't as clear as it was before. Uh, Just stay on the path that that God would have you to go and and keep the course that God has, has obviously lined out for you. So you could see there... You can see the wisdom in in in, in their in their uh, desire to uh, be submissive to God by following the star. Secondly, you see it by their their uh, willingness to to follow the Scripture. Look down in verses four through eight. It says And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born, and they said unto him, in Bethlehem of Judea. For thus it is written by the prophet, And thou, Bethlehem, in the the land of Judah, art not the least among the the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had privily called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared, and and they had already been following it. Verse 8, And he sent sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the the young child. And when he hath found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him. Uh, They they followed the scriptures. The the priests and the scribes gave Herod the information, and the, the information came from Micah chapter 5 and verse 2. I find it interesting, though, if you go to Micah 5, 2, you'll find that they left something out. And the thing that they left out was the one that was going to be born was, uh, was the Savior and that he was from everlasting to everlasting. In other words, he was eternal. He was God in the flesh. And that part they, they left out. But the, the wise men sought the Lord. They had a desire to, to find Christ. Herod didn't seek the Lord. Herod fought the Lord. And, uh, and he was resistant to God in his life. And then the scribes and the priests they just ignored the Lord. Um, they pointed other people to him. They knew what the Scripture said, but they weren't willing to travel that short distance just from Jerusalem to Bethlehem to see him personally. And they had truth, but they didn't take action on that truth. And, and uh, uh, you know, that's, that's something that we, we need to, to realize that to whom much is given, much shall be required. Uh, we know, and we've been blessed with uh, exposure to a lot of scripture throughout our lives. Uh, we are also responsible to obey that scripture, and that's exactly what they did. They they knew some truth, and they followed the truth that they knew, and they adjusted the direction they went to. They went to Jerusalem. And then when they found out that it was supposed to be in, in Bethlehem, they went ahead and adjusted their direction and went there. And then the, the, the third thing about, about their submission and how they showed it was they followed God's warning. Look down in verse 12. When they finally did see the child, they were planning on going back. And I, I really believe their, their desire was to do what, the, what Herod had told them to do. But in verse 12 it says, "...and being warned of God..." In a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. Um, you know, Warnings can come from different places. Warnings can come from Scripture. Warning, by the way, I, I don't believe God uses dreams to, uh, to, war, to warn people. By the way, can I just tell you something? And I don't mean to be mean. I don't mean to be cruel here. But if you have a dream... And, and uh, you want to tell me about your dream? I, I'll be honest, I really don't even care. I really don't. And you said, "Oh, that's, that's insensitive. No, A dream is not true. <laughs> Period. Uh, now in this case, God spoke through dreams. Why? Well, because he, he did not have the written word yet. Now that he's got the written word uh, and the, the spirit of God on the inside, we don't need the dreams. We don't need the visions. God can lead us through the book. And, uh, and, and, and uh, so God, God will lead us through those things. But one way or the other, when God brings warnings to you, whether it be through individuals, whether it be directly through Scripture, whether it be through a prompting of the Holy Spirit, we need to, we need to show ourselves submissive to those, to those warnings. And in, 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 in these guys' case, if you notice, up until that point, they were willing and desiring to do what Herod told them to do. But when God made it very plain, no, 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 you need not to go back to Herod because Herod wants to do evil with that information, so don't go to Herod. Instead, go out another way. And so that's exactly what they did. When, when God and human authority collided they listen to God rather than listening to the human authority. And I, and I really believe we're we're heading into a era in America where we're going to have some some choices like that. We're going to have to decide who am I going to am I going to listen to? Uh, until you have that decision, a, until you come uh, you know, into that, that kind of situation, make sure you, you always follow your human authority. But when that human authority violates Scripture, when that human authority contradicts God, you always obey God rather than the authority. And uh, and so it it shows that they they had a a desire and they had had real wisdom uh, to to, um, uh, want to submit to God and and be submissive in their hearts. The third, third way that they showed wisdom is down in verse 11. And it says, And when they came into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gold and frankincense and myrrh. Uh, their giving was wise. And, and their giving was part of their worship. Uh, giving is a very important part of worship. And they gave three, three gifts. They gave gold. They gave frankincense and they gave myrrh. Now usually when we think of those three gifts, we think of the significance that those gifts have toward the offices of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was prophet and he was a priest and he's king. He's prophet, priest, and king. Well, the gold matches the king. The frankincense matches the priest. It was a fragrant resin and uh, it, was, it was part of, of the offerings that, uh, that they offered in the Old Testament. Uh, it pictures dedication, and it pictures devotion, and it pictures consecration. But then, and then the last one is myrrh. Well, myrrh was, was, uh, 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 would be applied to him being a prophet, prophet a priest and king. And the myrrh uh, had to do with the fact that he was going to die on the cross. He was going to die for their sins. Myrrh was an embalming fluid. It was used for other things as well. But it was, it was primarily used as an, as an embalming fluid. And it, it dealt with suffering. Those, those three gifts point to those three offices. But you know what else they point to? They point to where, where those men's heart were. Uh, all three of those, those gifts were extremely expensive. But cost was, was, not, was not something that would stop them from giving. That wasn't even a thing that was even a consideration. They were coming to worship God, and they were coming to, to worship the Savior. And any, any price uh, would not be too much. But it also shows where, where their heart was. The, you know, the gold was precious, and so they gave what was precious to them. The, the frankincense pictured that devotion, that dedication, that, consec- that consecration. They were, they, were, they were set on finding the Savior. And then the myrrh uh, it has to do, it points to suffering. In fact, when we, when we sing the song, We Three Kings of Orient Are. One of the things I appreciate so much, and, and uh, it was, it's already been said tonight in one of the prayers, uh, I love the doctrine that you find in Christmas songs. It's, 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 it's usually spot on. Every now and then it, gets, it deviates just a little bit. But uh, you, re, you uh, look at the words for uh, We Three Kings of Orient Are and uh, uh, those, those three gifts are lined out and the significance of them in the song. And, and the last one is myrrh, and it's a bitter perfume, and it uh, breathes a life of, of, of uh, sorrow and gloom. Sorrow, and I can't, I can't repeat all the words. I'm going to get them all messed up in my mind. But the point is, is that it's, it's, it, sign- it signifies suffering. And uh, I really believe with all my heart, I mean, these, these fellows. Herod said, come back. And God said, no, don't come back. I want you to go on. And they were willing to disobey man so that they could obey God. And they, they went out. Herod could have come after those guys. He could have found them. Yeah, their, their lives were at stake uh, in order to obey God, but they decided that obeying God was more important and they were I believe they were willing to suffer uh, Suffer and make the right decision um, The other thing that the gifts show is what they thought of the Savior they they didn't give Leftovers they gave the best that they had they gave gold. They gave frankincense. They gave myrrh now you say yeah, well but you know what? I don't have a lot of gold. Maybe none at all. Uh, I I don't have costly gifts that I can give God. No, but you have something. And God doesn't want what you don't have. God wants what you do have. And what you do have that you give to God, does he have your very best? You know, the thing that 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 jumps out at me when reading this about the gold and the frankincense and the myrrh that was the best these guys had, and so they made sure that the Savior got the very best because he deserved it and in in these three ways, these men were wise they were wise in their right desires uh it, it you know it it caused them to to uh, uh go ahead and, and, and make a very very costly trip and, and search out and seek for the Savior. They were right in their submission. And they were wise in their submission. They submitted to God. When God brought the star, they followed it. When God warned them, they followed it. When God showed them the Scripture, they followed it. They were right in their submission. And last of all, they were right in their giving. They were wise in their giving. Now, here's the question tonight. Are you wise in those areas? Am I wise in those areas? You know, it's Christmas time. Uh, God wants us to focus on these things to see if we have the same kind of wisdom that the wise men had. God desires for us to be wise in our desires, wise in our submission, and wise in our giving. One of the reasons why we have a, a Christmas offering every year, and the Christmas offering's already passed. But the reason why we have it is because Jesus came to this earth and gave everything that he had for us. The least we can do is give sacrificially so that his, his cause can be furthered and can go on. The wise men showed their wisdom through their desires of submission and their giving. Are you and I wise like they were. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, it's good to reflect again, and we do this every year. We reflect on the Christmas story. We look at, at the shepherds. We look at Joseph and Mary. We look, at, we look at the wise men, and we learn lessons from them. We are prompted by you. But Lord, I pray that it wouldn't just be a part of the season, but we take some of these things to heart, uh, Father, we need to be wise. We're living in a, a day and age when wisdom is few and far between. And common sense isn't so common anymore. And uh, Lord, this world needs to see a group of people that are plugged into the wisdom of God. But we're only going to get plugged into your wisdom by, by having wise submission, by having wise desires, and by being wise in how we give. Lord, speak to our hearts t- tonight. And if, Lord, if, we're, if you're tugging on our heartstrings about any of those things, just like we've already seen, as soon as, as, soon as uh, uh, the, the wise men were given direction, they immediately acted upon the direction that you gave them. Help us to be the same way to immediately act when you speak to our hearts through your word. Bless this time together and this invitation. May decisions be made for you that count for eternity. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Let's all stand together.